You need to get inside of rooms with people who have different strengths and different businesses and different personalities than you in order to have the important things reflected back to you about how you're playing small and also on the flip side of that, what you are already doing really well. Welcome to She Leads First, a podcast for female entrepreneurs who are ready to build a brand that will become a revenue generating machine. Hey guys, I'm Emily Sincata, a brand and business strategist with years of experience in both marketing and online product development. Each week, myself and my guests are going to share our own experiences and knowledge with you so that you can figure out exactly what about your brand is going to keep people coming back for more. You'll leave this podcast equipped with the confidence to tackle those big goals that are going to scale the impact of your brand and your bank account. It's time for you to embody that CEO energy and start leading first. After all, you're building more than just a business. You are building a movement. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the show. If you have been following along on my stories, you probably saw that this past weekend, I was at a networking event in Arizona. It was a brand and business networking event. There were 60 other women there, and it was a conglomerate of a bunch of different styles of businesses. I talked about it in my last episode as well, getting ready to it around the concept of networking. And it was an amazing opportunity for doing exactly that. I got to connect with so many women and so many business owners and people at all different stages of their business that I never would have connected with if I had just stayed in my little bubble of my online space and what the algorithm shows me. So it was a phenomenal experience. I have so many takeaways. I literally have my notebook in front of me right now. I have pages and pages and pages of notes. There was a combination of learning from the other women there and getting to work with them and brainstorm on each other's businesses. There were guest speakers that came in. There were Q&A panels that came in. It was really expansive. And I have a lot of thoughts and I wanted to share my biggest takeaways with you today. So I made a list. I went through my notes of everything that felt like it really stood out to me and gave me one of those perspective shifts or there just felt like there was a lot of juiciness into whatever was said. And so I've made a nice list of seven really awesome, juicy takeaways for you. And I'm going to dive into them here. And some of them are strategic and some of them are kind of reflections. Some of them are aha moments about the event. It's a good little mix. So there's going to be quite a bit of different diversity in here in what I'm talking about, but I'm really excited to share these with you because there is such a magic to this type of in-person collaboration, especially when you have a business that's primarily online because there just aren't a lot of opportunities where you get to go and you get to talk to other women, as strange as that sounds, about your business. And this was a primarily female networking event. So I did speak primarily to other women. There were guest speakers that were male that came in, but everybody who was in attendance were women. So we get in our little bubbles online sometimes, and it's almost like we forget, or there's this layer of like, but I'm just kind of playing around on Instagram. And we forget that even though what we're building is an online business, there's still ways to turn it into this really huge empire, this really big deal. And so my takeaways are centered around this idea of how do we think bigger? And what happens at an event that makes that possible? So let's dive in because this is, I'm getting close now to my first one on my list. Number one, my first takeaway from this event is sometimes that 
all that it takes is hearing the same thing that you've heard before said either under different circumstances or by somebody new for it to really click in. Have you ever had one of those experiences where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not learning anything new, but for sometimes today it hit. This time, the way this person said it, it clicked in my brain in a new way and now I'm inspired to do something differently or do something new. I had a bunch of these moments at this event. And if I can be so honest, going into this event with it being a event all about branding, I wasn't expecting to have a ton of like new aha moments. This is a subject matter that I love, right? Like the podcast was built around the love for building your brand. I've read so many books on brand. I've taken so many courses on brand. Sometimes our ego and mine definitely did and definitely does sometimes. Let me know if you can relate. Don't leave me hanging here. But sometimes our egos can get in the way and tell us this lie of like, well, you've already taken courses on this or like you've already learned all that there is to learn on this. So what are you really going to get out of another experience talking about this same thing again? But I was reminded at this event that there's always more to learn. There's always more to learn. And I had so many of these moments where it was like, hearing it the way this person said it inspired me to think differently about something that I already knew and that I already had kind of filed away in my brain as, well, you already understand this this way. So therefore that's all there is to it. But I got to hear many other women speak about their perspective on brand and scaling their brand and what that means to them. And I had a lot of things that kind of clicked into place in a different way this time around. I also want to share that there is something special about the circumstances in which you are learning and collaborating under. So when everybody is at an event and everybody has bought and paid in to be there, there is an energy that comes with that. Everybody's there. They're dressed up like the highest version of themselves. They are ready to get down to business. They are ready to have their breakthroughs, have their aha moments, burst through their upper limits. When you approach information in that energy, you're out of your normal habits. You're out of your normal thought patterns. You're out of your normal loops of thinking. And so old information, quote unquote, old information that you already know is going to land in a different way because you are out of your regular circumstances and you're in an expanded state of mind. The power of going to an event like this is that you are opting in to be in this expanded state. And so the same information that you already know, perhaps, is going to hit different because you're out of that normal environment and you are thinking about things differently. And then again, knowing something and having it really land, two different things. So this is my number one, is it's just a reflection of the power of events for you to absorb information differently and integrate it differently because you're in a different environment, you're in a different state, and you're getting the opportunity to learn from people who might be sharing things in your same niche, in your same field, in your same area of expertise, things that you've already learned before, but you're looking at them with new eyes. You're hearing them with fresh ears. You're hearing what's going on. You're hearing the information in a new expanded state. And so it's going to integrate differently. So that's number one, big one, but that is really the power of getting out of your normal comfort zone and going and doing something like this. Number two, you need to get inside the room with other people physical rooms are perhaps the best way, but virtual rooms work as well. You need to get inside of rooms with people who have different strengths and different businesses and different personalities than you in order to have the important things reflected back to you about how you're playing small. And also on the flip side of that, what you are already doing really well. Events can be a powerful mirror. 
Masterminds, I always say, you may have heard me talk about this before as well. Masterminds have the same effect of being a mirror for you where you don't even know where you're playing small until you get in the room with somebody else who is not playing small in that particular area and your mind is blown. I was in the room with people who were just absolutely killing their social media game. And up until this point, I knew I was being a little lazy with mine. Like, let's be honest, we all go through some of those phases, right? Where you're not as forward on social media as maybe you have been in other phases where it's been a top priority. So I knew that like, yeah, my social media had taken a little bit of a lower priority than it has in the past. I was aware of that. But I got in the room with people who were being so creative, who were documenting every opportunity and were just making the coolest, best, most engaging social media content I have ever seen. And I was like, oh my God, girlfriend, you got to step your game up because I guarantee other people are and I see it happening. So that was a really powerful mirror for me of like, you're not doing as much as you thought you were online. Really, you're just doing the bare minimum, Emily. Like there's an opportunity here for you to kick this up. And it wasn't until I had it just so blatantly and powerfully reflected back to me as I saw before my eyes in the midst of everything that was going on, people were creating social media content while I was sitting there and just absorbing. And now that's not to say that you can't ever just absorb. That was definitely one of my intentions for this event was to be there and be really present. But I just saw the way that these women were documenting and creating a bank of content for themselves and using it in really cool ways. And even just how they were talking about the content that they were creating and what they were doing where I was like, okay, you're playing a little small here and you had no idea until you saw everybody else playing at large. So these kinds of things happen. I had a similar moment with a woman sitting next to me who were in a similar field. She was a couple years ahead of me, multi-seven-figure business owner, and literally just in our conversations, just even observing her mannerisms and how she carried herself and how she talked about what she did, I was like, oh my God, you're playing it small even in your confidence, Emily. And here's somewhere where you thought that you were taken off. And this for me was a positive reflection. I don't want you to hear that and think like I got my confidence dinged. No, it was an invitation to step the F up, to rise, to really ground in in what I know because even in our conversations, I was holding my own with her. It wasn't like I was shrinking in her presence. It was giving me an opportunity to expand. It was giving me an opportunity to grow, to step into my full power. But that wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have had that moment had I not gone to this event and seen myself reflected back to me in her and also seeing her reflect back to me the things that I wanted to be, the way I wanted to step into my full power and my full confidence. Wouldn't have happened had I not gotten in the room with other people. There were also plenty of moments throughout the event where I was like, oh, Emily, like you really know your stuff. Like this is great. What people are talking about right now, what things are being taught right now, like check the boxes. Yes, you really know your stuff. And so these can be these really positive affirmative mirrors as well when you get in these types of rooms of, okay, you are, you're doing something right. And that can be incredibly validating and helpful just while you're on your journey and you're building your confidence as well. So that's number two is just these rooms are powerful mirrors and they can really invite you to shift things in your business and in your life and in how you are operating really quickly just by reflecting back to you powerfully what's actually going on and giving you a frame of reference for what other people are doing in a positive way. Not in a competitive way, but in an invitation to do more, do better than what you're currently doing. Number three, shifting gears a little bit. This one's kind of fun. 
there are so many ways to make supplemental income. This was one of the trainings that we dove into at the event. And we talked about all these different ways that you can bring money into your business that aren't even necessarily directly related to you creating new products and services. And I thought this was just a really fun reminder because this is one of those things going back to number one, where it's not something I don't know. It's not something I haven't heard before, but having the invitation to, okay, let's sit down and let's actually think about it really got the wheels turning. And now this is something that I'm definitely going to make a point to start to bring into my business, to bring it off of that kind of like filed away in the back cabinet of, yeah, this would be nice to do sometime when you have the time and bringing it forward of, hey, let's look at some of these things. Because even if it doesn't bring a ton of income right away, a little bit here and there can pay for certain things in your business. And so we went through things like affiliate links. What products can you advertise and get affiliate links for that you already use and love and that your audience trusts you around and that you're already going to talk about it anyway. So why not make a little bit of a commission on the back end, right? Think about the brands that you already know and love. Those are the best ones to start with. Another thing super easy to do that's been on my to-do list for forever, and this was such a good reminder, is to create an Amazon affiliate account and link out everything that you use and that people ask you for. This is so simple, you guys. And how many times I've just sent links to things without getting commission on it, like I'm kicking myself right now. Things like my microphone, my webcam, my ring light, the little handheld lavalier microphone, I think that's what they're called, that I use. Things like that. I've just been sending out the link. Every time I do it, I'm like, oh, you should make that affiliate link for Amazon. If you just make it, you can start to earn commission on it. And it's not going to be a ton of money right away, but these are one of those things that add up over time. So can you make an affiliate link? Can you make an Amazon affiliate link? Are there any products and services that you can be an affiliate for? Another great recommendation around this was what is something that's really supportive to the people in your world, but you know you're never going to create a product or service around it? Do you know somebody else who creates a product or service around that, that you would be so happy to sell in exchange for making a little bit of a commission on every sale that you make of that product? So for example, things like perhaps learning how to trademark what you do, that would be really helpful for everyone in my world who creates their own products and services to learn how to trademark but I'm never going to make a course about here's how you build a trademark. It's not my area of expertise. I don't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole, (laughs) but I'm so happy to promote somebody else's course if I know that it's good. So that could be something that I could affiliate for. So are there any opportunities like that for you in your world that you can think of where you can start to make a commission off of them? And you guys, especially when you are being an affiliate for somebody else's courses, especially when it's a high ticket course or a mid ticket to high ticket course, the commissions on that get really good. Not always, of course, everybody gets to set theirs, but it's not uncommon to have them as high as 50%. 50% of the sales price goes to you because there is real benefits to having affiliates sell your programs. They can reach new audiences and, and they have trust with their audience. And it's so much easier for the owner of the product to make the sale if somebody else, if an affiliate is making it for them. And so commissions can get really good. So if you have somebody you know that has a course that's going to be supplemental to your audience, that's not a bad thing to look into. Some other ideas that came up that I thought were just fun reminders and fun things to think about were the idea of creating merchandise your community can buy into. And the fun reminder with this one too, of like, if you're creating merch, it's not a good idea to just put like your name on it. People usually aren't going to want to buy something that's just branded with your name versus if you can create some type of spinoff slogan that is related to something that your brand believes, related to your mission statement, related to something that you say all the time, like a phrase that 
really isn't branded to you in the sense that it's like your name or your product name, but it relates. It's a spinoff of it, but something that's a little more general that people wouldn't mind wearing it on their body or having it on their coffee cup or something like that. That can be a really fun thing to build merch around. And the reminder with merch, they said, start small quantities. And I thought that was a beautiful reminder too. Don't buy hundreds of something if you don't have to. Another one, advertising on podcasts. This is one that you have to grow into. I was very grateful to learn about this there, especially having started this podcast recently, but that you can do ad swaps with other podcasts for your show. I thought that was a fun way to get more listeners in your world, but also you can sell your products on your own show. You can create ads for your own products and insert them into your shows. This is one of those things, again, where it's not something I didn't know before, but it was a great reminder to just have it brought to the forefront of the conversation while I was there. So that's number three. This is a fun one. There's so many ways to make supplemental income in your business, especially if you are proactive and looking for them. And these little things, they add up over time, even if on their own, they're not a huge chunk of your income overall. Number four, talking about brand. If you want to build a brand that people see themselves in, shift from saying I to saying we. So remove I statements as much as you can from your brand vocabulary and shift over into we, even if it's just you, even if you are the sole person in your business, we believe in X, Y, and Z. Over here and in this company, we do things this way. We believe that when we support our community like this, X, Y, and Z happens. We gives people an opportunity to feel like they're part of the group versus I is a very solo statement, right? It's just you. So I wouldn't say something like, I build brands. I would say, we build brands. It's a tiny little shift, but when you can think about integrating this long-term into your messaging, it really creates an environment and a community that people feel themselves in, see themselves in, and want to rally behind. So that's number four. Nice and simple, shift out of I statements and into we whenever you can in your marketing. Number five, if you want to be a big deal, make the little things big deals. So simple, but this one blew my mind. I freaking loved this. The example given was, okay, so maybe three people showed up to your training. You did a live training, three people showed up, you feel a little bummed, hard stop right there. Nobody knows when they watch the recording how many people were on that training live. When you advertise it, Advertise it with the energy that there were 150 people there. They bring big energy to the advertisement of it so that people feel that energy and that excitement. They feel like it's a big deal, even if there were only a few people that were actually there. Talk about it like there were hundreds. Bring that energy and excitement to it and people will feel that as they watch the marketing for it, as they watch the aftermath of it on your stories and on your social media bring the big energy, make the little things a big deal now because that's how they're going to become big deals. Same thing if you're hosting your first event. Maybe you only had one person show up. Great, get some footage of just a camera angle of one person and you. People don't know that there weren't anybody else there. You're gonna show up and you're gonna talk and and change that one person's life. And you're also gonna get footage that made it look like it was a big event, not in an effort to lie or to deceive, but because that's the energy you want associated with everything that you're doing. This takeaway was so mind-blowingly simple, but beautiful to me 
of you need to milk the little things and make the little opportunities seem like big deals so that when people think of you, they already think of you as somebody who is doing amazing things. Because the truth of the matter is you are doing amazing things. You are. How many people are there doesn't determine whether or not what you do is amazing. You decide that. You bring the energy. Then all you have to do is document the energy so that people feel it the way that you want it to be received when they see the marketing for it afterwards, when they see you documenting it afterwards, when you're sharing the takeaways from it afterwards. This takeaway came from Lindsay Schwartz from Powerhouse Woman. If you guys are familiar with her brand, if not, definitely check her out. But today she runs these amazing events that have nearly a thousand women in attendance at every event. And she was sharing that she's practiced this feeling since day one of I'm going to make everything I do a big deal. And I'm going to make everybody who shows up feel really special, regardless of how many people are there. And I'm going to document it like it was a really big deal. Because to her, it was. Every single one was. And she said that what happened was everybody that she started to interact with as she continued to run these events assumed that the events were already these huge, gigantic things. And that sometimes the people she would collaborate with were surprised to find out that in the beginning, it was maybe only, and I say this, quote unquote, only 100 people. 100 people is a lot of people, but compared to what she does now, that's a much smaller number. But she was like, I always made it a big deal so that when I started to rise, when I started to grow the number of people in my events, it was a no-brainer for people to say yes because they already knew, they could feel the energy that this was a big brand doing big things for people, for women. And it was a big deal. From day one, show up with the energy that you want five, 10, 20 years from now at your events It's going to take time to get there, but you can shorten the amount of time that it's going to take if you can show up with the enthusiasm that you think you're going to have when there's a lot of people in your world today. So I thought that was really, really beautiful. And she also shared this takeaway, this sentiment around it as well. And I think this is a great way to think about it. From the outside looking in, so this is in relation to your marketing, to anything that you're doing. From the outside looking in, how do you want it to feel? How do you want people to feel when they are looking at the marketing for your events? How do you want people to feel when they're looking at the the recordings, the pieces that you snip up and turn into reels? How do you want it to feel? How do you want your event and your world to be perceived based on the marketing that you put forward? And that's where she says she puts her energy, her time, and her money, especially as she's growing something new. She said, don't spend money on the things that aren't really going to make a big difference to the impact of the event, but spend money on things like video, spend money on things like photography. I'm talking mostly particularly about events right now, if that's something that you're interested in doing in the future, because that's where you're going to be able to capture the energy of the event and where you're going to make it feel like this really big, expansive thing, even if there's only a few people in your room in the beginning. So invest in the things that matter and care about the visibility that you have now so that you can turn that into the visibility that you want in the future. That was number five. If you want to be a big deal, make the little things big deals. Two more for you guys. Number six. These last two takeaways are from a guest speaker. His name is James Wedmore. He is phenomenal. He is a eight-figure business owner, and he gave one of the best, if not the best, business presentations I have ever heard. And it was the epitome of my number one takeaway in here of sometimes you just need to hear somebody say the same thing in their own words, and it's going to click differently. And that's absolutely what he did to me. He definitely taught me some new things as well. But 
Here is my number six, my takeaway from him. One of two here. Big business is boring. It's not about doing more. It's about refining what you have a million times and doing it over and over again. Oof, hands up who else needed that reminder today. He went into the stories of so often as entrepreneurs, especially as digital entrepreneurs who have the opportunity to create new products on a whim. He said, so often we go into reactive mode where maybe sales didn't go as planned in a launch. And so what we want to do, what our knee-jerk reaction is, is to create a new product, to create something new because we go, oh shoot, I need to bring more income in. And so we looked at what we launched and said, well, this didn't work that well. It must be the product. Let me create something new. When what we really need to do is refine that thing that we already launched and launch it again. We need to get better at the offer. The offer needs to get better and our sales needs to get better. So how are we packaging it and how are we selling it? Not what can I create next? And so what happens though is so often we go into this panic mode where instead of refining, we're like, no, I'm going to create something new. I need a spike of income. So we go and we build something new. And in that We build something that's a little bit subpar, not necessarily bad, but it's not quite up to our standards. And so then again, we didn't love the launch of it. It brought in the income that we needed or at least got us a little bit closer. But then we're looking at this new product and we're like, well, I don't want to sell this again. It didn't feel that good to sell it because it was a little bit subpar of a product. And then we just end up in this cycle of we're always chasing a new product to build and a new product to sell instead of grounding in being brave enough to look at what happened in our launch and refine it, refine the product, refine the offer, refine the sales strategy around it so that we can actually grow what we have. It takes trial and error. And he said, focusing on offer and messaging refinement will always create the best results. Focusing on your offer and messaging refinement will always create the best results. I said that twice because I think we all really need that reminder sometimes because it's so easy to get shiny object syndrome and just want to create the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Ground into what you already have and make a million dollars off of the products that you already have that are already working and already selling. You just need to get better at them. And then consistency, doing or selling the same thing over and over again as you refine it is what breeds momentum in your business. As somebody whose mastermind is called Momentum, I really loved that. I wrote that down and circled it. That consistency breeds momentum. So that was number six. And my final one is also from him. My final and seventh takeaway. He said, take your annual income goal, expansive income goal, what it would be amazing for you to make this year. Take that number and divide it by 2080, 2080, which would be the equivalent of a 40-hour work week or however many hours you want to work throughout the year. So if you don't want to work a 40-hour work week, if you want to work less, you're going to change that number. But basically divide your annual income goal by the number of hours that you want to work total throughout the year. 2080 is based on the standard American work week of 40 hours a week. That's going to give you your hourly rate. Essentially, you need to be doing activities that can produce at least that amount of income per hour. And here's the kicker. If you are spending time on activities that do not cost that much to do, you are operating at below the income level that you want to generate. And that is whatever the cost of that task and the amount of time that you spend on it, like that is what you are going to be making. You're delaying your income because you are spending time on activities that are below your hourly rate. And so he suggests that you make a task log 
And I think we should all go do this. I think this is beautiful. Write down, and this takes effort, everything that you do in a day, everything you do in a week, if you want to do extra credit. Write down the task. What was it? Was it customer service? Was it building out a new offer? Was it looking online and building your sales page? Like what, what were the things? Write down all the tasks. Write down the amount of time that that task took you. And then estimate, categorize. What is the rate, the hourly rate that it would cost to hire out that task to someone else? Or how much did you generate from that task? So something that you could hire out for like $10 an hour, something like customer service and answering emails. If you are spending big chunks of your day on things that you absolutely could hire out, even if your perfectionism tells you, I'm the only one who can do this, so often that is not true, you're never going to hit your goals. You're always going to bump up against an upper limit based on your time because you only have so much time and energy in your day. And he said, the role that you fill in your business, so whether that's customer service, whether that is sales page builder, whether that is copywriter, things that we tend to wear all of these hats as entrepreneurs, even though we could hire out, whatever role you're filling equals the results you will receive. I thought that was so beautiful. Those are my seven takeaways from this event. I hope that you gained some knowledge from just listening to this and soaking this in and reflecting on what's going on in your business. And if you guys have the time, if you can swing it, if you can find one nearby you, I highly recommend going in person to network with other entrepreneurs. It will change the way you look at your business. It will change the way you look at yourself. And I guarantee you will leave with at least one amazing takeaway that will change the way you do business. All right, I love you guys. Hey, before you go, I've got two quick things for you. Number one, I want to say thank you so much for being here. It truly means the world to me that you choose to spend your time here listening to these conversations, tuning in with me, soaking up all of this information and everything that we are going through together. I cannot express how much gratitude I have for you for being here on this journey with me. With that said, number two, the second thing I have for you is I want to make sure that since you're here, you have my phone number. Seriously, I have an inner circle daily text list where every single day, Monday through Friday, I send out a positive affirmation or a journal prompt or something I've been thinking about, or even an aha moment that has completely shifted my perspective that I want to share with you too. So you can share in on everything that I am working on to grow and continue evolving and continuing to be the best version of myself. I want to share those things with you. And the best place to do it is through this inner circle daily text list. So if you want to get on this list, if you want to receive these messages from me, and again, yes, it's really me. It's coming straight from my phone. What you need to do is text the word community to my number at 213-606-3853. Again, that's the word community to my number 213-606-3853. As soon as you send me over that text, I will send you a message back with the quick details to officially register for this inner circle daily text list. And once you are all registered, we are ready to get to texting. The messages all go straight to my phone. I see all of the replies. I look at them. I send you messages back. So it is such a great way for us to connect and continue to work on our growth together. So go ahead and shoot me that message ASAP so that we can get connected.